So this is my first episode and as I'm going through and editing it, I realize how much of a sped I sound like and how much of an amateur at this podcasting I am. But I mean, you only get better with time and you gain experience as you do it. So if I keep doing this and it does get better, I hope it does. I'll keep putting these podcasts out as long as I can find content and the time to do them. So I apologize for the quality of this first episode, but it should get better from here. This is Uper Booger on Mind of a Minarchist. This is going to be my first episode. I did a couple of tests just to see how the quality of the sound and everything went. And I think these headphones will suffice for what we're doing. As long as I don't have a whole lot of background noise. Regardless, we're going to get going on this podcast. Specifically... What this podcast is going to be is what I want it to be going into the future. I kind of got my start listening to, well, you know what, let's just run our background. So I'm about, I'm in my mid-twenties. I live up in the UP of Michigan, known as a Uper to most. The others, you're like, what the hell is a Uper? That's what you call someone from the UP of Michigan. I'm on the western side, part of northern Wisconsin. I'm going to apologize for my heavy breathing right now because we're on a walk right now. I got the dogs and the kid. So, my background, I'm in my mid-twenties, and a lot of us, <laughs> when we get into basic, we, we figure out the shit that we signed up for. And it's not not great. <laughs> I mean, some guys get real into it. The high-speed guys in the Army, oh, there's a grouse. A roughed grouse. Some of them Army guys, they get, uh, they get high, high speed into it. And some of your Marines get all hoorah or hoo-ah. I was Air Force, so we, we didn't get all weird like some of them other branches did. And some of you guys are like, oh fucking air force that wasn't you weren't enlisted how could how bad could it have been well when i when i got in i was one of the last squadrons one of the last flights to run through the four the 320th squadron four, i thought it was 420th i don't know it was uh it was the rock they called it alcatraz because it was one of the hardest squadrons at I think it was San Antonio. Come on. I think it was San Antonio. It was one of the hardest squadrons in basic, so they say. Um, it wasn't all that bad. I mean, it was, I, as far as I'm concerned, basic training as far as the Air Force anyway. I know uh, other ones is a little different, but Air Force is 
95% mental, 5% physical. Most people can pass the standards, the physical standards, to get through basic training. It's mentally where they try to break you down and get you all military prepared, all that. And frankly, I thought it was a bunch of bullshit. And I tried to get out. Well, I didn't try so hard. I wanted to get out in basic. And they said, oh no, you know what? Tough it out, everything gets, gets a lot better after you get out, out of basic. Once, once you get to tech school, it's way better. Once you get to your duty station, it's even better than that. So, like a dumbass, I fucking listened. And get, get through basic after they fucking shaved my head again. Hated that look. I'm 6'2". I graduated high school at about 180 pounds, 190 pounds, and I put on 10, 20 pounds in basic because all the muscle I gained. I was a tall, skinny fucker. So, I look kind of goony with a shaved head. But... Regardless, on to my tech training. Went to Gulfport, Mississippi, if that ain't a fucking shit show, with the uh, Air Force Base just, just down the road over in Biloxi. I was in, uh, I don't know what, I think that was just the name, Gulfport was the name of the base. It was the Seabees Base. A lot of people know what that was. And honestly, there... Just being on base wasn't all that bad. It was all the bullshit that you had to put up with being in the military. <clears throat> Constantly getting bitched at for this or that. Having to be all proper. And I mean, anybody who's in the military, you know how the fuck it goes, so I don't have to get too far into it. It just wasn't the life for me. I was away from all my family and friends that I'd ever known my entire life. And when I was in middle school, even before then, we had moved out of the area and headed downstate, and I fucking hated that, too. It was horrible. Just wasn't a fan of it. And once we moved back, I felt all at home again. And, I mean, it's one of those things, you're out in the woods, rural areas, you don't have any big cities. I mean, hell, half hour away is the biggest city we got to fucking... 15,000 people, I think, maybe? I mean, my graduating class had around 60 people. So, it kind of gives you an idea. I mean, yeah, a town over, they had maybe close to 100 or so. But, I, I liked my little town. Getting back to her, being in tech school. In high school, I feel like I always kind of dis disliked the government and what they did. But, Regardless, my dumbass decided to join the military. Being with Army, Navy, Air Force, all in the same tech school, getting our getting our trainings in. Kind of, I was I trained with Army guys. We didn't have any Navy in our class, so it was all Army up until they they were done because they only did a third of the training that the Air Force had done for that particular training. And I was just not feeling it. I was depressed. I had, I, I just hated life, kind of. I went, woke up in the morning, sick to my stomach, go to, go to breakfast, chow hall, whatever the fuck they called it, and 
go back to my room, get ready for formation in the morning. And then after formation, we'd walk to, walk to class, march to class, not walk, march in formation. So that was always fun. Called every, I know some of you are mumbling it right now going, ah, you dumbass, this is what it is. But I was into it at first and after a while it just got so bad to the point where I would get back from class and I would go watch, watch some TV or something that I had saved on my laptop and then go to dinner and go back, watch some TV I had on my laptop and fucking fall asleep at 8 o'clock, maybe even sooner. And it was just miserable. I hated it. The only, the only sanity I had was for, I think it was Thanksgiving possibly, I had my mom and my girlfriend at the time bring down my car and there was a, a uh, kind of do-it-yourself service station on base. And that's the only thing that kept me sane the whole time I was down there. I'd go there and work on my car and I got the wrong impression because the, the dude who was running it let me come and go as I pleased for the first week or two free. And then come the end of the second week, sometime in the second week, he said, hey, uh, so I've been letting you come and go for free. So I'm gonna have to start charging you now. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, in reality, it wasn't bad. They charged you for what you used. Some of it was redundant, like they charge you rental on wrenches, but for the most part, the dude didn't care. He charged you for a bay or a lift or the tire machine, whatever you were doing at the time. And he didn't really give a fuck about impacts or anything like that. And that's the only thing that kept me sane was working on my car. I was able to just do little shit here and there. It needed, needed a strut change, the oil changes, all that normal bullshit. And I was planning on driving home for Christmas. I forgot what we ended up with for leave. It was maybe a week of leave or something like that. If that, maybe, I don't know, it wasn't much. But I was gonna drive home. I can make the drive in two days, well, a day. Leave in the morning, get there afternoon the following day. Well, had to put had to put a put the brakes on on that plan. Cause some fucking hillbilly redneck saw my out-of-state plates and decided to smash all my windows out off base. So that was real cool. So I got to tape up my windows and fucking car with a bunch of busted out windows sat in the parking lot on base. I ended up uh buying a Greyhound bus ticket and that didn't cost too much money but that got me home and then got me back so in all I did get to get out of the hell hole go see my family for Christmas but that was I mean things definitely were getting better by that time so just kind of hating life living day to day and I knew that we had some guys fail tests and what it is is for every section I think there was maybe seven sections for uh for the air force at the time different uh like sections in a book kind of and that's what we worked on one of them was welding one of them was roofing one of them was uh I, I don't know just a bunch of little stuff and there was they always said you get you fail three times, you get reclassed. And I was, I think, five or section five or six at the time, because 
no no one ever fails seven they said it's impossible to fail seven so i just kind of wondered if they even give you a test and if i were to take advantage of that and and purposely fail these tests i didn't want to be too late to the gun not be able to do it in sex and seven so i didn't study too hard for a test i didn't purposely fail it but i i definitely didn't study at all very little anyway and i said well if i fail it i fail it wasn't meant to be and i ended up failing it of course because your subconscious kind of takes care of things for you when you do stupid shit like that and i they sent me back a week because that's how it works you go back to the beginning of the schedule or a week or whoever the next class is behind you and I studied up the shit that I failed on the first test because it was kind of kind of two different study materials. And I studied up on one of them real hard for the first test. But when I saw the other, the second section of stuff, I had no idea what it was. So I focused mainly on that for the second test. And come second test, there wasn't jack shit about that second section I studied up on. It was all about the first section, which I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem pass, uh, finishing on the first test. So, needless to say, I unintentionally failed the second test. So I figure, well, they ain't going to be happy. They'll send me back another week, and then I'll have one more test, which there's two tests. I imagine they know something's up if I fail, fail the same two tests multiple times in a row, so I probably... Probably finish that one out and maybe fail the next test if I want. If I'm really... Because I was, I was thinking about trying to get out. And I mean, it was so easy. All I would have to do was drop the N-word. There was a guy, a class ahead of me. And he quoted a movie from the Django or Django. I, people are laughing at me. Oh, the Django, you fucking white inbred. Yeah, whatever. It's got a D in front of the name. But it's... He, he quoted a line from that. And it was right around the time one of the instructors was walking in so they heard him drop the n-word and that was that's basically immediate out you say that and that's that's your one-way ticket out no no ifs ands or buts i mean we're e2s and e3s so there's we're not we're not e4s or fives we got no pull they don't give a fuck about us they're weeding us out at that time but that guy got a one-way ticket out so if i was smart i would have just dropped an n-bomb somewhere and Oh, whoops, sorry, someone heard me. But no, my dumbass went, went the difficult route and tried failing tests. And, well, they pulled me into the office. They go, hey, so we only have two different tests. So if you fail the same test that there's only two of, you got to get reclassed. And I went, well, I thought, they were, I thought I got three fails. And they're like, no, not when there's only two tests. You get three throughout the course, but there's only two tests. So you fail the two tests, you're out. And they kind of had a feeling that I did it on purpose, which honestly, at the time, I didn't. I just didn't care. But it was because my headphones are... I dropped my phone in the snow and the port's all filled up. So we're going to switch to just talking at my phone. Hopefully the audio quality ain't horrible, seeing as though I just packed it full of snow. So where was I? I was saying how... I failed those two tests, and they told me 
I was I, I had to reclass basically. But the funny thing was was about two weeks earlier before PT the one of the mornings, which that was also fucking glorious, was having to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go fucking run. Fuck that. You can tell by how heavy I'm breathing. I'm real into fitness. It's changed since my work schedule. I used to go for walks daily, but not so much anymore. Well, at one of our formations before PT, one of the sergeants said, given his blah blah speech, blah blah, don't be a shitbag. This is why you're here. You guys chose to be here. If you don't want to be here, just let me know. We'll start that paperwork. So I I'm like, well, fuck, there's my one-way ticket out. So we're running for PT. I go up to him, Staff Sergeant blah, blah. Uh, we all called him the riot, so if anybody knows who I'm talking about, they'll know just by that. Um, said, hey, uh, would you set a information this morning? I don't want to be here. This isn't for me. I, I don't want to be here. I want out. He kind of looks at me dumbfounded. He's like, well, I'm sorry. I, w I wasn't serious. I, that was, I w he, he wasn't being serious. He was using it for a morale boost and more of a you got to rethink life if you don't want to be here kind of a mood. And I was like, well, just in my head I was thinking, why the fuck would you say something like that and not mean it? I mean, don't give me false hope because I don't want to fucking be there anymore. So... With that information, they kind of knew I was itching to get out. And it was, with that, they knew I was itching to get out. And I went and talked. I think he, I think he was, he was up there. He might have been the commander at the time. I didn't pay much attention to anything that was going on as far as ranks. I didn't give a fuck. So I did the basic minimum I could just to get by the whole time I was in. And... He was commander for the Air Force of the base. And he kind of pulls me into his office. He says, hey, I failed these two tests. What's going on? Blah, blah. And he kind of got the impression I didn't want to be there. And he asked me, he's like, hey, do, do, you, do, you, do you have a problem? Do you really not want to be here? And I couldn't say anything at the time. I was emotional. I was choked up. And I, I don't know why I get emotional in some situations for some reason. But... I didn't even have to answer, and he's like, all right, I can tell you don't want to be here, so... Because they were going to reclass me to security forces, which, I mean, if... Normally, when you get reclassed, they uh, reclass you to... the hell was I called? I don't know, it was construction. You got the fucking Red Bull and the Blue Horse or something. Blue... I don't know what the fuck it was. But, the, like, if you weren't going to reclass out of something higher up, they sent you there. And unless you were just too mentally incapable, they send you to security forces back at San Antonio. Basically, you train to be an MP. Come! So, he kind of got the impression. He's like, well, we can reclass you to MP or security forces. And, and But I, he got the impression I just didn't want to be there anymore. So they, they started working on my paperwork to get out. And that's kind of where my hate for the government started even to a higher extent because I always disliked the government to begin with but at that point they were they were fucking with my paychecks I mean anybody who's ever 
got paid by the through the military. Pull one of your fucking stubs out and just see the weird kind of shit they they take out of it or don't give you. And so I got to sit around for I don't know a month or two, waiting to get sent home. And finally, it all happened and packed up my shit, threw it all in the back of my car, and headed off. And I had my last paycheck, and I I got home with zero money. Come. Just enough, just, I like, I'd spent my last 20 bucks, threw it in my gas tank on my way home, and it was enough to get me home with half, half a tank of fuel in my little car. And a couple weeks later, I get a letter in the mail or something to that effect, and it was, oh, we overpaid you, you owe us $800. I'm like, fuck if I do, you didn't overpay me shit, if anything, you can have the shit back, because they charged me for all my clothes and everything like all all my uh my uniforms and all that shit they charged me everything when i left for separation it's like what the fuck you can have the shit back half of it i never even wore they give you four uniforms i wore two all throughout basic and throughout tech school i had two complete uniforms that i had never even put on and a full set of blues i had never wore it's like fuck you you can come get the shit i ain't paying you and we all know how the fucking government works. They just took out all my taxes the next year. So that's when I got even more happy with them. So I, I do a bunch of shit that I, I can cut, cut the government short on what I quote-unquote owe them for taxes and all that other bullshit. So that's kind of my story up until I got home and I, got, I went to tech school, got a job, just started living. Kind of doing stuff a normal kid out of high school should be doing. Renting an apartment with a buddy and fucking making just enough to scrape by with food while you go to college. And I eventually finished up college, got a job. It was halfway decent pay, I guess. Benefits weren't all that bad. And I just kind of went on living life. And while I was working at that job, uh, one of the... One of the uh, elections came around, and it was it was Barack Obama and Trump. I, I don't know who's running for the Dems. Barack might have been up, and I'm not. See, you can tell how much I follow political bullshit. But it was it was Trump's first year running, and I'm like, I don't really give a fuck. I don't I don't like half of his views, and I don't like half the other person's views. So why should I vote for him? Oh, I remember it was fucking Hillary. That's who it was. It was Hillary Clinton and fucking Trump. And I knew damn well I wasn't about to vote for Hillary. That psychotic, law-breaking, gun-grabbing fucking cunt. And she deserves every word. She just, she ain't fit to be president. She shouldn't be president. I don't know how the fuck she ended up winning the popular vote with all the bullshit she had. And I'm like, well, I don't really, I'm not a fan of Trump either. I mean, if he gets elected and he does his 50-state f- concealed carry reciprocity, great. Wants to pull out of the wars, great. And we all know how well that worked out now that we got bump stock bans and pistol brace bans and fucking ATF raiding shops and people's houses and everything else. And uh, the way all that's going, Ryan Whitaker, Duncan Lemp, God bless them guys. And I'm not even all that Catholic or Christian, so to say. But I mean, I'll, I mean they're somewhere now, obviously not on earth anymore. And, I hope wherever they are, God or whoever the higher up, 
takes care of them guys because I mean, for the most part for as, as far as I know with everything I've read on them they were normal guys they didn't have they didn't have they weren't assholes so to say but that's a second rant for a separate episode I'm gonna have to get into I'm just kind of doing my background right now well someone turned me in to the libertarian party and Gary Johnson and I mean this is this is the first election I can vote in and I was I was kind of looking at Johnson's views at the time because I was still still a little bit of a statist at the time I mean I I didn't know to me anarchy was burn the city down and, and absolute chaos and no no control that to me was what anarchy was still at the time I didn't know what anarchy really was and so I, I threw my vote in for Johnson and I kind of jumped on the libertarian bandwagon and I mean at the time he got 3% to the votes or something I mean you you guys know how it all went down so I was kind of like cool next election we got some movement we'll be able to handle this come next election we got George Organson and I mean I guess a lot of people kind of hate on her but I looked at her views and they weren't all that bad from what I was reading she kind of wanted to get federal government out of your life I mean that that's what I saw out of her views she was pro second amendment pro free market this and that and just at the time I was still voting I'm like you know what I like her I I did look at some of the other third parties but I just agree with with mama joe more than anybody else so she ended up getting my vote this election and I mean the fuck that was was two months ago so, in a matter of two months, I've gone from being li- full-on libertarian, voting for Mama Joe, to now a complete minarchist on the verge of anarchy. And the only reason I don't see myself as an anarchist is because I do feel that we, we have not so much a need, but kind of a want being human, a want to have some sort of control. And I, I, th- I feel, okay, I, I'm going to go back on my word. I feel we do need some sort of control for certain things. I mean, for the most part, the federal government can pull right out of our lives and get fucked. I mean, who, who doesn't think that? And even for the most part, I think states, same thing. Any state government can get the fuck out of our life. But kind of, and the reason I feel this is there's some things... I mean, there, there's not much, but there are some things the federal government does that's good. And one of them is FOPA, the Fire, Firearm Owners Protection, Firearm Owners Protection Act. And one of the things in this act is if you can lawfully, lawfully own firearm, firearm and wherever you're from, and the, say, say you got a, a, a certain, like before before the Congress or the courts, whoever it was, overturned the high-capacity magazine ban in California. Say you lived in Nevada, and you were going to go to Oregon or Washington, whatever state's right, right north of California. You could legally take a 30-round magazine, if it was legal in Nevada and Oregon, and you can drive through California as long as that is packed away in your vehicle in case oh shit i just broke through the water and i got really lucky none of it went into my boot wait 
walking through some swamp here. But that's, and I mean, that's one of very few things the federal government does that's good. Uh, one other thing, I, I do believe we need some sort of environmental protection. And I'm not saying the bullshit system we got now. I think we can cut that all down and build up from scratch. And, I mean, there's, there's a lot of federal land. And that's kind of, kind of good the way it is now. I mean, you, federal wilderness, just federal owned land. It's the way it is now is nice having a piece of property that is, is basically untouchable. You can walk out there and that's basically all you're allowed to do. I mean, you, I think you can bike on some parts, but on federal wilderness, you're not allowed to have a motorized vehicle. And that's, I listen to the meat eater podcast a lot. So a lot of my information comes from them and it's wilderness with a capital W. And this is basically what it is. I mean, it's, it's what you think it is. It's woods that's untouched by man and man can't touch it. They, they can, they can go out there and experience it and see it, but you can't go out there and start cutting trees down and mining or mining or digging for oil or any of that. Which, it's nice to have, I mean, and that's part of, part of where the minarchy comes in versus anarchist is, I mean, yeah, in an anarchist society, there might be a way to do it, but the way we got now, I think, works just fine, so I, th I think there should be some sort of higher organization that controls that and says, no one's allowed to touch it, it is what it is, and I mean, that just might be a case of some agreements across the union. I mean, I, I say get rid of the federal government and just unionize. All the states are part of a union like we were back in the day. I mean, kind of we still are, but get rid of the federal government completely and unionize. Every state kind of does their own thing with very few... It'll be agreements across the states as part of the union. One of those would be the, the federal lands. Maybe we call them something else. Instead of calling them federal lands, we just call them wilderness. It doesn't have the... It doesn't have the government title to it of federal. It's just wilderness. It's agreement across the union of states that you can't touch it. And, I mean, to a point, I mean, this one's kind of a workaround. And I guess the big thing, I'm why I stay a minarchist over an anarchist is, is because too much change, too much good even, or too much change all at once can't happen. And I, I'm sure every anarchist understands that you can't just like unless you're total collapsitarian but most people understand you can't just flip a switch and have anarchy the next day and that's kind of why i stay a minarchist get rid of most of the federal government and i mean even even if with the 50 state reciprocity i mean if if there's a state california new york if they actually don't want guns in their state i mean fuck around and find out and don't tread on me and all that bullshit but when it comes down to it i'd be okay if we broke down to state governments and there was a couple of states that just said no we don't allow this well fuck it i'll just stay out of that state anybody in that state that really likes guns and stuff they can move out i mean yeah it sucks to be in that situation if you live in california and you have guns and then they say no more guns not allowed to do this, not allowed to do that. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but at the same time, you should have seen it coming. It's only a matter of time before they get their fucking rocks off and start doing even more. I mean, look at the ATF right now. 
you, you don't think you don't think if a state says, yeah, we don't allow this anymore, you the federal government's really gonna care. And I mean it oh it just it just frustrates me sometimes. But I had I had some anxiety going earlier today, so this is why I decided to take a walk and I, I listened to what, what kind of got me started in all this was I guess I'm sidestepping all over the place. So where I was getting at with two months ago, I was libertarian. I voted for Joe Jorgensen, but I started listening to podcasts like biting the bullet with keep it real. Luke at the real typo, Jared. And I, I love their podcast because even the, the little amount of time I was in the military, I don't call myself a veteran. And I mean, I, I don't like to, because to me, I'm not, I mean, yeah, I was active duty for 90 days during a wartime period, but fuck, we haven't been out of a wartime period in 20-some years. So, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not a veteran. I, I took out a VA loan once, but that was just because the government fucked me. I was going to use the system a little bit. So, other other than the one time I took out a home loan, and I am on a, I am on a fire department, and there's a lot of places that give discounts for being a first responder, EMS, police, fire, or being military. And being on the fire department I'm on, we don't get any official papers or documents that say we're on a fire department. The, the only thing we get is a check at the end of the year and a check stub from the town that says for being on the fire department. And sometimes it's easier to prove that you're a military veteran with a DD-214 than it is to prove I'm on a fire department. So if someone's going to offer me 10% discount for being a first responder and I can't prove it, well, I can prove I was military, so I'll, I'll use it to that. But I mean, it's it's the same discount either way. It's just easier to prove one thing over the other. So I don't like being called a veteran for those reasons. And even at my last job, it was Veterans Day, and my boss asked me, he's like, hey, you were, you were military, Air Force, weren't you? I'm like, yeah, kind of wondering where he was coming out of left field with this. And he goes... Well, thanks for your service. And I'm like, oh, it must be fucking Veterans Day, huh? So I, I didn't even respond to him because I don't think he liked me very much. So that's kind of where that went. But so listening to back back to the podcast I listened to, I listened to, to the Biting the Bullet podcast. I fucking love them. I've listened to every episode. I started at the beginning with certain podcasts. I'll do that if I really like them. I did the same thing with the Mediator podcast and only a few others because, I mean, when you get over 60 episodes, over 100, over 200 episodes in some cases, it just becomes so much time to listen to them. So I'll just put my headphones in at work and you get eight hours in throughout the day listening to them. Uh, another one I really enjoy was the status quo. Uh, Matt, don't know his last name. Matt does that one. And I, I like that one too. It's not, it's kind of on a different level if you like the comedy aspect that comes out of the biting the bullet, all the bullshitting on the government those guys do. But he does a lot of history and a lot of Irish history and US gun history and stuff like that. I, in high school, I absolutely hated history class, but over the last few years, I've come to really enjoy it. And I really like his podcast too. And another podcast I really enjoy is the Flintlock, Flintlock Faction with Jay Flintlock. And I figured he was small enough of a podcast yet I could try and jump in on his. Because I started on Instagram and 
it's it's just hard trying to be anonymous and get followers on some things like that. So I started on Instagram. I tried to do a Facebook account, and they immediately shut that down and started asking for an ID and a phone number and all that. So I'm like, I ain't even fuck around with it because I'll, I'll be banned off Facebook in a week anyway. So I'm not even fuck around with it. So I set up an Instagram trying to get some followers. I got, I got a maybe two dozen followers at this point. And just kind of trying to get rolling and spreading the word. Because for the most part, I'm just sharing memes throughout Facebook and Instagram and trying to kind of spread the word about the liberty movement. I mean, kind of like what we're all doing, right? But to me, I just feel like I'm, I'm echoing everybody else. But I'm not really reaching out to a whole lot of people or sharing my story. And I subscribed to the Biting the Pullet Discord or their Patreon to get onto their Discord because I really wanted to be part of the live chats. And I doubt you guys will hear this, but if Typo and Luke hear this, fucking do some live shows again. I've been in for over a month now. I think it's been a month. You guys haven't done one live show, maybe one that I missed since I've been subscribed. I even did the $10 subscription and forgot to unsubscribe from that, so you guys got 20 bucks out of me before I went back down to the $2. But I think I'm going to throw uh, a subscription, at least maybe just a single donation, over to Matt at the status quo. Because he's got a lot of cool stuff that he talks about, and I just like what he's doing. So, uh, And plus, actually, I think he's been doing some bonus podcasts where you, with your Patreon subscription, you can access those. So I wouldn't mind checking some of them out, too. But... I got a hold of Jay through his Instagram from the Flintlock Faction because he's he's got some cool stuff too. His podcast, he was, I want to, I don't know if he was, I don't believe he was military, but he was correctional officer and he kind of saw the bullshit that went down and when he figured out he couldn't do anything about it, he couldn't fix anything, he was just going to get fucked over. He, he's just kind of like, well... This is what I'm going to do now. And he started the podcast to share his experiences and get other people on so they can share their experience. And between between those three podcasts, there's a couple more I'm kind of dipping my toes into, but between them three, I've been shown so many other people in the movement. I mean, so some some of the people that I've been... I've, some of the people that I found out about through those podcasts were the Campfire Freedom Fighters, Control Pew, Battalion Communication Relay, Uncensored Tactical, ANCAP Society, Miss Buckles, Black Guns Matter, Seaburn Dad. And I mean, you start following these guys on their Instagram, they've got a ton of other people. You can follow Red Coat Rebellion, Rebellious Liberty, Guns and Guillotines. Anti-state, whiskey and freedom. There's there's so many people you can follow. I was following Ed's manifesto for a little bit. Uh, big perm, real can of queen. Abolished the DMV. Started following me, so I started following them. Lady Voluntary was another one. She was on podcast. She's she's from Wisconsin. I mean, honestly, Wisconsin's my home state. So on Wisconsin, go Badgers and the Packers and all that bullshit. Not that I watch too much football, but hey, you're born in Wisconsin, generally you're a diehard Packer fan. Woo, go Pack, go, cheesehead for life, yeah. And drink beer, oh. But 
just being able to get all this being able to see all these people out there that are doing stuff podcasts they got websites one of my favorites actually i haven't mentioned yet is spirit of resistance i believe that was az thangalorian that started that uh friends of i think friends of luke and typo or jared and they know them real well and they kind of got a website going and if you go to spiritofresistance.com i think but they got they got merchandise from a ton of these people seaburn dad biting the bullet uh tactical buffaloes they got they got so much merch for all these people you can kind of find out what they're all about not so much on the spirit of resistance website that's more of just a merchandise website but i i went on there and i got a spirit of resistance flag that i really like uh and what that is is they got 13 13 bars red and white for the original 13 colonies kind of based off the flag and they got a blue triangle it's the flag is kind of cut diagonal google it you'll find an image spirit of resistance uh but they got they kind of cut the flag at an angle 13 bars they got a blue background but then instead of stars what they got is they got a rattlesnake and a pine tree and the the rattlesnake says liberty for all on the bottom half of its body is circling the pine tree and i mean that that just stands for the the same thing with the uh, don't tread on me the gazan flag rattlesnake kind of separate or uh, join or die snake flag flag Ugh, don't mind me uh i mean a rattlesnake is kind of just kind of a symbol of freedom in a way and the pine tree dates back to the taxes the british imposed on lumber or pine trees of some sort i i'd have to look into it more to be able to properly tell you what the pine tree was about but i i like the symbolism of the flag i mean it's kind of what this country was founded on to a point uh before before we got the original stars and bars and all that and i mean we basically we told the british to fuck off we want our own country and that's kind of what it's coming down to as far as statehood. We're kind of real close to telling the government to fuck off. We're going to start secession. And there's going to be areas in this country that don't want nothing to do with the federal government. And, I mean, that's kind of what the liberty movement is. If I mean, Honestly, in my lifetime, I don't, think, I don't think I will see what I want as far as the federal government to dissolve and at a very minimum go to statehood i don't think i'll see that in my lifetime what i might see i mean the way the elections are going we, we, there's talks of civil war the the redacted movement the boogaloo movement Shh, i didn't say that i'll get swatted but i mean that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at and this this episode was just kind of tell you where i came from and where i wanted to go with this podcast what I so I contacted Jay Flintlock, tried to jump on his podcast. Like, hey, uh, I don't know how you come up with your content, but if you're looking for something, I'd love to come on. Uh, I gave him a little bit of background on myself, and he's like, no, I kind of do more correctional officer stuff. Um, one thing I would like to see is Matt from Status Quo on Jay Flintlock's podcast. That would be cool. 
because there you have Jay Flintlock, former correction officer, and Matt from Status Quo, who was former military, and he was actually, he, he had to go to prison. He was in prison for some stuff in his life that was kind of going around. You can listen to it uh, on any of the other podcasts he's in. I don't want to get too much into it, but long story short, his, uh, he was having, having troubles in life and went downhill and ended up getting arrest, arrested for meth and got put in jail, prison. So I think that would be kind of a cool, cool podcast episode between those two to talk about the corruption and bullshit that's in prison systems, whether it be state or private. But it it's something I might pitch to them out of this podcast to see if it'll happen. Uh, but I think I'm about done here. I'm going to have to do some editing and take out some of these dead spots and fuck-ups that I got in here. But I'm going to flag that too, actually. Because I'm, I'm pretty much done on my walk. I got what I wanted to say out. And I lost one of my dogs. So stay. I don't know where he went. Hopefully he ran home. So, I'll have to find me some cool intro music. Oh yeah, he must have went home. I got paw prints up here. Tubbo started walking home. All by his lonesome. But... That's it for this podcast. Till next time, we'll see you on the trail.